that, that U.S. jobs number on Friday, I mean, the focus this week is, is firmly on the Fed. We've got the Fed meeting on, on Wednesday. We start off the week a little bit light on the economic data, uh, but the carryover from Friday's jobs number certainly will be driving, I guess, the, the overall sentiment in markets, as you mentioned in your intro, uh, certainly leading the way with regards to Asia this morning. Uh, just quickly running through those numbers, if, if you have a look at it, uh, slightly uh, higher than consensus expectations. Uh, I must say earlier on in the week we had had the private sector employment numbers coming out. Those were significantly ahead. Those were over 100,000 uh, ahead of the market's expectations. And so subsequently going into Friday's number, the market's expectation had already ratcheted up. Uh, that being said, still beating expectations. Uh, one of the strongest back-on-back gains we've had in the U.S. jobs market since the middle of 2015. Uh, and, and the interesting thing for me, Bongi, is, is a lot of those jobs are now starting to come through from your manufacturing sector, which over the course of the last three prints have actually shown us a little bit of a bounce in the United States. Uh, and this is a, an about turn. Uh, all the way into the end of last year, it was mainly just the services sector that was keeping that number up. Uh, we're now seeing the manufacturing sector coming through. And so this really sealing the case, as you mentioned, for a possible Fed hike this week. The Fed, over the course of the last three weeks, starting to talk a very hawkish story, and this has led to expectations for a hike at this week's meeting, jumping from below the, the 40% mark just about three or four weeks ago to now pretty much being priced in as a certainty. Uh, obviously, this may well uh, come through with a little bit of an impact uh, for emerging markets if the Fed not just hikes but also continues to sound uh, hawkish at, the, at this week's meeting. And the EMFX under pressure on strong dollar, but global surge for yield still a strong theme. Yeah, and, and, and this relates to the, to the first story. So we've actually seen the, the emerging market currencies, specifically if you look at the RAND, if you look at the Brazilian real, the Turkish lira, those have all been under sustained pressure uh, up until Thursday last week. And then what we actually saw on Friday's session is that once the U.S. jobs numbers actually came out, we actually saw those EM currencies pulling back in again. And this telling us that, you know, still that global search for yield, which has been your overarching theme for quite some time, does still remain in place. And that if we actually see these EM currencies move to significantly weaker levels, that there's still a degree of pent-up demand out there uh, uh, by international investors for higher-yielding emerging market currencies. Uh, this obviously does depend on, as I mentioned, how hawkish does the Fed continue to sound uh, at, uh, at this week's meeting after potentially giving us that hike. Uh, but for now, uh, the RAND has actually pulled back a little bit. Uh, on a technical basis, uh, what you're watching on the RAND, that 1320 was quite an important level. If we can manage to move back towards the 13 level, there's still 1280 on, on the cards. But this will probably only manifest itself once you've actually got the Fed meeting later this week out of the way. Uh, EM, by the way, stands for emerging markets. And the oil prices continue to slide as U.S. shale undermine OPEC ability to drain surplus. Yeah, now, th- this has been interesting. I mean, we've always maintained a little bit of a weaker bias with regards to, to the oil price. I certainly think that the world is awash in oil. And unless you see a much more material a bounce in terms of global growth, coupled with a uh, supply-side response, both from OPEC as well as other international players, uh, it's just impossible to expect uh, the, the kind of uh, agreement OPEC's got in place to, to, to be held or stuck to uh, when you have the wild card of other players in the market uh, like, the, like the U.S. So what we've seen is U.S. shale 
has come screaming back into the market. Uh, just by way of comparison, uh, U.S. oil rigs are now almost double the level, the, the new uh, drilling rigs, and are almost double the level they were in June last year. And so even if OPEC sticks to its production cuts, we've seen U.S. production continue to surge, uh, and now the market's starting to focus on that. So we've seen oil. It's headed uh, back from your mid-50s uh, to now testing that $50 barrel level uh, from the top side. If this breaks, we could easily see it in your, your upper 40s, maybe even mid-40s. Uh, and I think a, a range on the Brent crude price of between 45 to call it your mid-50s for this year is probably where we see this uh, this oil price range bound for the near Term. Uh, hopefully, this uh, comes through with a beneficial impact with regards to South African petrol prices uh, and uh, effectively giving some of our consumers a little bit of relief. Uh, let's hope this downside move is certainly sustained. Certainly, from a South African perspective, that would be good news.